Everybody knows the Jets have big needs at positions like wide receiver and safety, but there are some glaring needs you're probably not thinking about. What are they? I'll tell you on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Well, of course, the NFL draft is just a few weeks away, and all of the focus is on the needs the Jets have. And people look at positions like wide receiver, where the group is just not good enough, or safety, where there's a big question mark about who's going to be starting for the Jets. Some people would argue linebacker is a big need for the Jets. These are not the only needs that exist, though. I think that sometimes we focus too much on the positions where your team is the weakest, And yes, these are needs. These are areas the Jets should hope to address. You can never address all of your needs in one offseason, but in an ideal world, the Jets would be able to draft good players at these positions. And this is one aspect of team building. But I think for whatever reason, within the NFL media, the the perception has grown that the only needs that exist are the areas where your position, where your team is weak at a position. And that's just not true. There are other types of needs that exist. And I'm going to talk about some of those needs on today's show. Now, I think maybe the biggest need the Jets have is to build as good of a roster as possible on the offensive side of the ball around Zach Wilson, because Zach Wilson is the most important player on this team. That's true for this year, and it's true for the long haul. If Zach Wilson does not pan out, we're pretty much back to square one. I mean, yeah, the Jets could draft some good players who could be around here for a decade or so, but you're really kind of just beginning another rebuild if you don't have the quarterback, if the quarterback does not pan out. And even the guys you draft who are effective players, you're pretty much wasting the most valuable years of their careers because for most players in this league who are successful, the most value they provide you are years one to four because part of value is price. And these are, the, these are players on their rookie contracts. Your rookie contract for a good player is typically going to be a lot cheaper than it will be year five and beyond after you've hit free agency, after you get a second contract, after you get paid market value. So essentially, even if you draft really well, you're kind of wasting, wasting an era if Zach Wilson does not pan out. Now, a lot of this falls to Zach Wilson. Sometimes the quarterback gets too little blame for their struggles, and I think to some extent, that's kind of happened with Zach Wilson this last year, especially early in the season when he got off to a very bad start. Most of the attention was paid to Michael LaFleur. And I do think there were definitely areas where Michael LaFleur was not good in the early part of the season. But the biggest problem with the Jets in the early part of the season was Zach Wilson just did not look like he was ready to play in the NFL. And of course, he suffered an injury against New England, came back. He was better from the standpoint that he stopped turning the ball over. You know, he had a long stretch near the end of the season without interceptions, so that was good. But 
otherwise, he really, you know, did not show a lot of improvement near the end of the year. And I shouldn't say, I mean, it's not like, it's not like reducing turnovers is nothing. That's a, that is a big deal. But productivity-wise, Zach Wilson really did not improve that much after his return from injury beginning in a game after Thanksgiving against Houston. So what does this mean? Does this mean it's time to move on from Zach Wilson? Well, I don't think there's any practical way to do that this year. Would it be a good idea anyway? Probably not. So the Jets essentially need to do everything in their power to help Zach Wilson grow, to help him develop, to help him improve. Because this player, again, is this important to this team's future. And you're not giving up on him after one year. And there was no, I mean, there's really no practical way you could give up on him after one year. You can control the things you can control. There are certain things about Zach Wilson's development that just have to go to Zach Wilson. That's all there is to it. I mean, the, the Jets can do everything right. Zach Wilson stay, still may not pan out. But the Jets can control certain aspects of these things. And I think I've really come to believe, uh, the more I watch the NFL, that the situation you're in does matter a lot. Because if you just have nothing but failure as a young quarterback, it's probably going to end for you very quickly because there's not a lot you can build on. You know, your confidence kind of goes away. I mean, you, know, you talk about quarterbacks need to be resilient, and they do. But I don't know that there are many quarterbacks who can just bounce back from nothing going right. You know, you're, when, when your confidence level goes down, sometimes you see your mechanics fall apart, the team's losing, the fans get angry, you know, the front office starts to lose faith in you. It just it, it kind of becomes a cycle that is not very good. Whereas I feel like if you have success... You have something you can, if something something you can hang your hat on early in your career, it gives you a chance. I mean, look at Josh. You know, people point to Josh Allen's first couple of seasons with Buffalo, and they talk about the statistical similarities. Well, there were things Josh Allen could point to. First of all, Buffalo built a really good defense. They actually went to the playoffs a year where Josh Allen was very up and down before his big breakout season in 2020. Josh Allen also had the ability to run, so he had the ability to create successful plays when not, where nothing existed. So these, those were things I look at, and they could kind of sustain Josh Allen as he developed, as he learned. It wasn't complete failure. It gave him the ability to think, okay, I've got this I got, I got working for me. Maybe I can grow. You know, maybe it's not all bad. And you see all quarterbacks across the league put in bad situations. I mean, we've seen plenty of them with the Jets where they've just been put in impossible situations. And maybe they would have failed anyway, but they just were never given a legitimate chance. And really for the Jets right now, he's, Zach Wilson's not going to be able to run the ball like Josh Allen. That's just not his game. So that means the Jets need to surround him with a supporting cast that's as good as possible. That means building him a great offensive line so he's not under duress constantly. That means building him a great receiving core so that when the chips are down, you know, everybody's covered. He's not, he doesn't have to scan the field all game. He's going to have to scan the field at some point. So there's a difference between needing to do it a couple of times a game and needing to do it all game because you don't have a guy who can consistently beat coverage or getting a guy who's a great contested catch receiver. So that way, if everybody's covered, you can throw it up to this guy, and you know there's a good chance, first of all, there's a good chance he's going to make a play. But second of all, that even if he doesn't make a play, he's going to prevent the ball from being intercepted. He's going to protect his young quarterback. And these, these are things the Jets need to do. Now, I'll say this. This group that Zach Wilson has on this offensive side of the ball, it's better than anything Sam Darnold ever had. It's better than anything Geno Smith ever had. It's not better than anything Mark Sanchez ever had. Mark Sanchez was put into really what was an ideal situation for a rookie quarterback in 2009 because he had a great offensive line. Or the receiving core was a little shaky at the start, but they, they traded for Braylon Edwards. They had Jericho Cotri. They had another first-round pick in Dustin Keller he could throw to. A year later, they traded for Santonio Holmes. So that was pretty good. 
And then the defensive side of the ball, Sanchez really did not need to win games for the Jets. He needed to avoid losing the games early in his career. And unfortunately, there were times where he lost the, Jet, the Jets games. But again, there was only so much the Jets could do to develop Mark Sanchez. They did a lot in those early years, and then not so much as we move forward. The Jets need to do everything in their power to help Zach Wilson. And that's to me, that's like the number one need on the team, because we could talk about the Jets. Are the Jets built to win now, or are they building for later? They're building for later, but they have a quarterback who needs to produce now. And that changes, I think, the calculus of how you do things. That's one of the reasons I was so adamant that the Jets should be looking to seek, should be seeking a veteran number one receiver in the offseason. And it doesn't seem like it's going to pan out. Maybe, you know, maybe there's an A.J. Brown trade. Maybe there's a D.K. Metcalf trade. There are some Debo Samuel rumors out there. It's probably not going to happen now, though. I, I think if you're saying... Which of the two is going to probably not going to make a trade? If you're flipping a coin, I think it's going to come up on the side of not having a trade made for a number one receiver. So that means we turn to the draft. And as much as I hate to go into the draft saying you got to draft a position no matter what, I think the Jets, with one of these two first-round picks, almost have to add a wide receiver to help Zach Wilson out. Because you, know, you look across this offensive line, it's, it's not a bad offensive line, but it's not like the 2009 Jets offensive line where they can just push people around, where they're going to be completely dominant, where... If you run the ball, the other team could know you're running the ball. They're not going to be able to stop you, where they're going to be able to keep pressure out of your face against you, no matter who the pass rushers are. It's not that type of offensive line. And that could be a reason to perhaps to draft an offensive lineman early. But beyond that, you, know, you, you look at this receiver core, and I think this is one of the problems with the Jets fan base. It's not the Jets fan base fault, but the Jets fan base is so used to having guys who just are not competent NFL players that... When you have a group that looks like competent NFL players, you think that's enough to win, and it's not. You need competent NFL role players, of course, but you also need game-changing talent. You need guys who force the other team to adapt to you. And the Jets don't have that at the receiver position. They have, you know, a promising young player in Elijah Moore. Maybe he can be that game-changing type player, but do you want to put that all on him entering year two? Because that's essentially he's the only guy on the roster who could be that guy. Do you really want to put all of your eggs in that basket? Do you want to put that kind of pressure on Elijah Moore? It could it could work out, but I don't know that I want to put, put that kind of pressure on him. And by the way, if it does work out, having two game-changing type receivers is even better than one. So it's not doesn't necessarily mean you'd be wrong to try, try and add more talent. Do the Kansas City Chiefs ever stop layering talent on top of the offense they've built for Patrick Mahomes? No. Then you have Corey Davis, who is actually, I actually think Corey Davis is better than people think. It was not a great year for him last year, obviously, but he still had some very good games. He had a great game week one against Carolina. He had a big game against his former team, the, the Tennessee Titans, and the Jets' upset win over them. It, you know, a lot of drops last year, but that has not been the story of his career. I wouldn't be surprised to see Corey Davis bounce back. And then you have Braxton Berrios, who is you know good for what he does. He's a good gadget guy. He's a decent backup. He's a good return guy. He's not really type of guy you want starting for a team with a second-year quarterback who's really trying to find his way in this league, though. So there, I think for me, it's not it's not that the biggest needs at wide receiver necessarily per se. It's that the need is to build around Zach Wilson. The need is to build as, as strong of an offense as possible, as good of a supporting cast around Zach Wilson, so that Zach Wilson doesn't have to carry the whole load because he had a lot of issues last year, and you want to take as much off his plate as possible because you're trying to develop him into a good quarterback in this league. So next step is having a good year, you know, bouncing back, having a good year too. 
the easiest way for Zach Wilson to have a good year too is to build a premium offense around him. And it's something the Jets, quite frankly, have not done a great job of to this point. And there's there are limits to what you can expect in the draft. But at the very least, you could add a receiver or two or maybe an offensive lineman. And these are things that will help Zach Wilson. They'll make life easier for him. Maybe they'll give him a path to having some success, even if he's not spectacular in year two. There will at least be things you can point to, things that will build confidence moving forward. So that's, I think, the biggest need the Jets have. It's not a position group. It's not an area where the Jets are necessarily weak, although the offense isn't really that great. It's just building around Zach Wilson. But there are some other needs on this team. And some of these needs kind of overlap. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about something that deals with the offense, but it also deals with the defense and just an overall lack of premium talent. That's ahead here on this Tuesday episode of Locked On Jets. Of course, it's the NFL offseason. The NFL draft is approaching, and you should know that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. And you can bet on football, even though it's the offseason. There are plenty of bets about where players will be drafted, which teams will be drafting them. And uh, if you are a big Jets fan and you disagree with me that the team lacks premium talent and you think that this team is gearing up for a Super Bowl run in 2022, check out Bet Online's numbers. You'll be you'll find them very favorable for the Jets. You can make a lot of money betting on the Jets. So no matter what sport you bet on, you should know that Bet Online is where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. Thank you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day, as we are free and available on all platforms. And today we are talking about Jets needs. And I'm not talking about the positions where the Jets are weak. I'm talking about other types of needs. Of course it matters if you are if you have a position group that's not good. And of course you should try and upgrade it. But there are different types of needs in this league. And the next need I'm going to talk about is something I alluded to a little bit on yesterday's show. And it's something that I wrote about over the weekend again, GreenNation.com. And beyond building around Zach Wilson, I think the second biggest need for the Jets perhaps is just the lack of game-changing talent. There's no position group on this roster that forces the other team to adapt to it. And again, there's a little bit of overlap when you talk about these needs because the thing Zach Wilson needs to develop also kind of fall into this area. But, I mean, let's think about it. Is this the type of offensive line that can impose its will on an opponent? Do they force you to drop an extra safety into the box? Not really. I mean, if another team has a premium pass rusher, can they just stick those five guys out there and know the premium pass rusher is getting blocked? No, they just probably have to change their own approach. Is there a wide receiver who draws consistent double teams on this roster? Well, you'd like to think Elijah Moore will be that guy, but that's a theory. We don't know that yet. At the tight end position, are there any mismatches? I mean, they've made some moves that conceivably could be upgrades in C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, but again, not really. Running back's a position that's kind of been devalued in the league. Michael Carter's a decent back, but is he like a, a, the kind of guy like a Christian McCaffrey when healthy who changes everything? No. Off the edge, do you have great pass rushers? or you have the type of pass rushers who force other teams to leave extra guys in the block, force you to slide their protection toward them? You like Carl Lawson, but again, the answer is no. Do you have great linebacker play? Some people will dispute this. Again, the answer is no. Cornerback's not a weakness, but you're not forcing another team when they're 
when you when they're aligning their players you're not forcing the other team to say to their number one receiver you know what you can't get open on this corner we're going to put you in the slot to avoid him that's not happening either safety i mean safety is an area where the jets are weak right now jordan that's not about jordan whitehead it's more about the other slot with lamarcus joiner or maybe ashton davis or jason pinnock we don't really know what the jets have there so there's no position group where, where the jets are dominant right now and that's a problem and that's a big problem because if you have a team that's just like got competent players across the board, and actually like the Jets, if you look through this Jets roster, I mean, there are competent players in a lot of spots. There aren't many positions where you look at, and you say that is a horrible position group. There are lots of positions where you look at it and say, okay, well, those are, those are pretty credible NFL players, but there's no real position group where you look at it and you say the Jets are great. And that's how you win games in this league. You, you win games with, with the type of talent, talent who takes over, who, who completely obliterates the other team. And that's what the Jets are lacking right now. You know, I think back to last year, and you know, the Bengals are the easy team to cite because they obviously had a great run and they went to the Super Bowl. They almost won the game. They almost won the championship. But I think it's worth noting, and I wrote, I wrote about this in my article over the weekend, it's worth noting that as much as we talk about like the offseason, the number one focus is eliminating, eliminating all position groups where you're weak, the Bengals were a team with some pretty pronounced weaknesses. If you look at that offensive line, there were some issues at certain spots on that defense. The reason they almost won the Super Bowl was that they had position groups that dominated the opposition, particularly the wide receiver group. Um, you know, running back, they were all is another spot they were very good at. And it's worth noting that last year, heading into the NFL draft, there were lots of people who criticized the Bengals for not drafting Panay Sewell, the offensive lineman, because the line was where the Bengals were weak. And, you know, to a certain extent, I can understand it because Joe Burrow had suffered a serious injury that ended his rookie season. And obviously, they had a lot tied up in Joe Burrow, just as the B-Jets do in Zach Wilson. And you want to protect your prized asset. But the Bengals took Jamar Chase because I think their, their view was, we can fix the offensive line. And they need to fix the offensive line. I'm not saying that they don't need to fix the offensive line. But their view was that waiting a year to fix the offensive line, and they had a few stopgap guys last year, but waiting a year to, to truly address the offensive line over the long haul was going to work better for them because it would be it would be better for them it would be easier for them to find quality offensive linemen who could fix the line than it would be to ever be in a situation where they could get a guy like Jamar Chase who could upgrade their receiving core to the degree that he did and it ended up I mean how can you argue with the results so when the Jets are on the board or on the clock this year and you're going you're, you may focus on this well they're weak at this position group they're weak at that position group but really, the bigger question is, how do we build long-term strengths? Because think, think through Jets draft history, and there aren't going to be many picks that you like. But think about a pick that you really like. Now ask yourself, do I remember whether the Jets had a glaring need at, the, at, the, at that player's position when they drafted him? I bet you don't remember. And that's the point. The draft is really about building long-term strengths more than it is about fixing short-term weaknesses. So... The focus here, I think, more than just like addressing the positions you're weak, is about building a strength. And one of the strengths, again, has to be wide receiver because you've, this overlaps with the, need, with the need to build around your quarterback. But aside from that, I don't think it's so much about the position group that you're building as it is about the, the building of position groups that can, over, that can completely dominate the opposition. But there's one other type of need I'd like to talk about on today's show, and that's the need that prevents a position from becoming a need. And if that sounds confusing, I'll explain what I mean ahead here on this Tuesday episode of Locked On Jets. 
This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Today we're talking about filling needs for the Jets. Well, sometimes your car has a need that prevents it from running well, and with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And then you have to endure that pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, and they choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer because Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. We're talking about needs that the Jets have ahead of the 2022 NFL Draft. We've talked about the need to surround Zach Wilson with talent. We have talked about the need to build areas of overwhelming strength. This last segment, I'm going to discuss what I may call maintenance needs, maybe needs that you go to rockauto.com to fix. Here's the tricky thing about the NFL. When you're a bad team, you don't just have to improve the areas where you're weak. Sometimes you also have to use resources to prevent areas where you're actually pretty strong from becoming weaknesses. Take the Jets offensive line, for example, right now. Three of the five players currently projected to be starters for the Jets on the offensive line are going to be 29 or older by opening day. And two of those three players are entering the final year of their contract. So you look at offensive line, and let's ignore Mekhi Becton right now because that's a whole other situation, a whole other question mark. But let's look at the offensive line. Let's assume everybody's good right now. You don't know that you're going to have these guys for the long haul because, again, Three of these five guys are going to be 30 by next year, and two of them may not even be here because they have expiring contracts. So the Jets may need to use resources just to prevent offensive line from becoming a weakness. And sometimes it's better to be proactive, especially in important areas like the offensive line, than it is to wait for there to be a glaring hole. Because if you wait for there to be a glaring hole, that's where you get desperate. That's where you start making panic moves, where you overpay a guy in free agency, where you start reaching in the draft. That's where, that's where problems begin. So sometimes it makes sense to, do, to perform maintenance on positions that are strong, but looking ahead a year, year or two will become weaknesses unless they're addressed. So let's say the Jets draft an offensive lineman early this year. I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people who are very angry with it because they'll say that's not a big need. Well, in some ways, it's kind of a perfect scenario because that offensive lineman's not pressed into starting duty right away. They can kind of grow at their own pace. You know, Maybe they play their way into the starting lineup. Maybe they beat somebody out. But if not, then you wait a year, The whoever leaves, leaves, and then that person steps into the starting lineup year two. I mean, that's really the way good teams do it. They don't force rookies to do more than they're able to because you always have to wonder what you're getting out of a rookie. Most rookies don't produce much in this league. It's kind of It kind of requires some foresight, though. It requires thinking long-term, and these are qualities that are not always there for bad football teams. And these are not always qualities that are there for GMs who are a couple of years into their job, especially GMs who haven't won yet, because they pretty much feel like they need to upgrade the rest of the roster. They feel like they need to win now. They don't have the luxury of waiting for a year for a player to develop. And sometimes they're right, but that comes at the expense of their football team. Being a good GM in this league is not just about addressing the problems that are in front of you. Sometimes it's about foreseeing the problems that are going to happen in the future and preventing them from becoming problems. So... Again, the spot you look at, like the offensive line, which may not be that glaring of a need right now, it's going to need to be addressed. So the question is whether you address it right now or whether you wait to get for it to become a crisis point. 
And unfortunately for a team like the Jets, I mean, they may have to wait for the offensive line to become a crisis point because there's only so much they can address. They have so many needs heading into this draft that there's only so much that can be addressed. And even the needs I've talked about today, I'm not sure they're going to be able to address all three of them. And if they address one of them, maybe that's a win. It's a tough spot. It's, it's a tough spot, but it's the spot the Jets find themselves in. And it's the spot the Jets will have to get themselves out of if they want to become a good football team. And hopefully the Jets are able to figure out how to fill at least some of these needs. But that's all for today. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. That's our motto. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button. Five-star review if you're listening on a podcast source helps us out tremendously. So does leaving this episode a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions because tomorrow we will have our weekly mailbag.